Today, my guest is Russ Nix. I'm gonna ask him to share his background with us, but first, let me tell you that I met him at an IHFDA conference. I attended a few of those conferences, and at least once or twice while in attendance at them, someone would ask me, do you know Russ Nix? No. They'd follow the question with statements like, oh, wow, he's great, or you really gotta meet him, he really knows his stuff. It made me really feel like I was missing out on knowing this guy, Russ Nix. Well, the day came when I got to meet him, and let me tell you, he really does know his stuff. Russ and I have the same overall focus, but we come at it from different perspectives because of our background. Ultimately, our goal is the same, and that is to help facilities that want to become more compliant from a regulatory perspective and become more comprehensive with their drug diversion and monitoring programs. I know Russ and I could share for hours, but this video will be an introduction to Russ and I will definitely be having him back again. So Russ, can you give us an overview of your background? Uh, sure, I appreciate the introduction. Um, that is way, way better than I probably really am. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely give you a, a little bit of my background. Um, so I did start my career in healthcare, security and law enforcement um, and back in 1999. Uh, and my law enforcement experience uh, consisted primarily of uh, narcotics investigations. Um, I actually worked undercover for several of those years. Um, and that's really where my experience and knowledge with opioids and different types of medications uh, started to uh, kind of grow and expand. Um, so uh, I worked undercover narcotics during the early stages of the opioid crisis. Um, and uh, that's really kind of the the launching point to kind of where I'm at now. Um, I, uh, I did that um, and then about 10 years ago, I started back into healthcare full time and I wanted to focus on the opioid crisis from the angle of the healthcare drug diversion aspect. Uh, so uh, I had gotten my bachelor's degree in criminal justice um, and I kind of knew the who and the how aspects of an investigation, but I got my master's in forensic psychology because I really wanted to tie the why uh, in that type of behavior and, and addiction uh, to the who and the how. And uh, that's uh, basically where I've been for the last uh, 20 years. Okay, so when you say that you were in undercover, was that in a healthcare facility or with law enforcement? That was law enforcement. I worked uh, undercover narcotics for a state drug unit. Um, and then uh, when I was doing that, I, I still worked part-time in healthcare security um, and got to see uh, how emergency rooms and prescribing practices and different things like that work. So uh, I had the privilege of kind of learning both as I went. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. So your your career kind of started at one and moved along a little bit and then your advanced degrees put you in a position to really hone in on an area that you had some interest in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, so yeah, when I worked undercover, I, I kind of really, I was able to kind of observe some of the, the darker aspects of the opioid crisis and, uh, and start to see the effects of the addictive behavior on families and friends, not just the addict, and uh, kind of started, you know, moving me in that direction. Uh, the kind of probably more one of the disturbing elements of that was, was the fact that there wasn't a lot of accountability in healthcare. Um, 
you were seeing a lot of prescribing and filling and and things like that so it was a uh, it was definitely a, a learning process for me but uh, i think it was a knowledge that i really uh really got to use as i as i continued through my career yeah what a combination both hospital and then undercover on the streets i'm sure we could talk for hours about stories on that maybe sure. stories you don't care to remember <laughs> Uh, there, I, there are some good stories and some good experiences. I think, uh, I think uh, it's funny when you get me and some of the uh, old crew I worked with together. Uh, we talk way more than anybody wants to hear. <laughs> All right. Well, during that time, as you know, drug diversion software has come out in the last few years. Do you have any thoughts on the emergence of those software products? Yeah, absolutely. I really couldn't say enough um, about those softwares. I think drug diversion uh, detection and prevention software is it's a necessity to have an effective drug diversion program. Um, so I, I think, you know, at this point, we're, we see a number of technologies and platforms that are on the market now. Um, each one of them have their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I do think that um, the biggest weakness by far, though, would be the refusing or neglecting to have something. Um, I think right now uh, we're in a in a society where technology is really moving us further as far as workflow is concerned, um, and so uh, the only downfall would be if you didn't, you know, try to invest in one of them. Okay. Do you have any hands-on experience with any of those platforms by chance? Actually, uh, I've been pretty fortunate um, in regards to hands-on experience with the platforms. I have. Uh, between working with basically in actual hospitals and facilities um, as a as an employee and working as a drug diversion specialist or with a drug diversion program, uh, also having worked since then with Aegis with my company, and then also uh, through uh, the National Association of Drug Diversion Investigators and IHFDA, I've been able to get hands-on experience with just about all the major. Uh, players in the software platform and technology industry. So uh, I've had, I've, I've been really fortunate, like I said, uh, to be able to get a lot of experience with, with pretty much all the, all the big names. So uh, I think, uh, I think that they're all having, they all have something great to offer. Um, but I've been able to and, and kind of uh, play with the gears on all of them. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't have experience with all of them, but I am looking forward to getting that opportunity, hopefully, in the not too distant future. You mentioned Aegis, the name of your company. Can you tell us what you offer? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Aegis RX, uh, it's uh, basically it is a healthcare consulting company. Um, we do have a very small part of physical security uh, that we do a little bit of consulting with as far as active shooter and things like that, but we specialize in healthcare drug diversion. Um, that is where uh, my bread and butter lies. That's where uh, my knowledge and training and my experience all come together. Uh, the services offered uh, is like your risk assessments, um, regulatory compliance, such as your DEA compliance or your uh, licensing boards, your boards of pharmacy, your boards of nursing, your mandatory reporting, um, investigative review, review and assistance. Um, so uh, some have me come out and look at the overall investigative process and, and help build it. Uh, others have called me out for uh, particular cases uh, that they, they would like help with. Um, I also do um, education. Uh, training 
policy and procedure reviews, revision, creation and implementation on uh, policies and procedures. Um, and then of course, uh, do review and recommendations uh, regarding technology and other detection um, platforms and investments. Um, so uh, the experience basically comes from having built a program from the ground up. So uh, my first experience, uh, there was absolutely nothing, no policies, no program, no monitoring or surveillance. There was nothing to look at, um, and uh, that I was very, uh, I was very lucky. I was able to get some executive buy-in at that organization. Um, it was uh, Athens Regional, which is now Piedmont Healthcare. They were the, they were, the leadership was fantastic, and they uh, helped me and supported me in building a drug diversion prevention program from scratch. Um, so. Uh, basically, every stage um, I've been able to learn what works and what doesn't, and uh, that basically gave me, uh, I guess, a more robust experience to be able to help uh, pretty much at any stage that an organization needs. That's fantastic. You got a nice overview, trial by fire, yeah, and now absolutely. you can pass that on to other people. Let the, I'll you, take the burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. What do you feel is the uh, the costs to organizations that fail to have a comprehensive drug diversion program? Uh, my thoughts are, are pretty simple. Um, healthcare organizations, they're going to invest money in drug diversion prevention. They're, the choice is whether or not they invest that in a solid, robust drug diversion program up front and, and put that time in, um, or if they decide they want to wait for a regulatory entity to come in and dictate the amount of money they have to put into it. Uh, there's no there's no doubt in my mind with the evolution of regulation, the evolution of the crisis uh, that it's going to happen. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of organizations will will choose the latter. They'll want to uh, ultimately uh, wait and they'll spend more money, you know, suffering from the additional things such as your your negative press uh, restrictions and sanctions. Um, and media exposure. And then, of course, worst of all, they'll have patient harm. And uh, that's what we're trying to avoid on the front end. Yeah, you're right. Many organizations wait because they don't really think they have a problem because nothing has come up yet. It is, right? the, head, it is the head in the sand issue. Uh, I actually have uh, had a, a case at one point with an organization where the individual I was dealing with, the supervisor, continued to tell me that um, there wasn't a diversion issue. And once uh, I proved through data and, and monitoring and, and evidence and even an admission from an individual uh, that if there was diversion there, um, her statement was, you can knock me over with a feather. And I, I, uh, I, I continue to say this to the organizations around and, and any leaders that are listening that, that the issue at hand is that we all want to say we're aware uh, that the opioid crisis is an issue, that healthcare drug diversion is an issue, but we want it to be a general statement and not a specific statement to our organization. And unfortunately, if you have drugs in your organization, then you have a drug problem. It's, it's just that you're not looking hard enough because if it's if you have medications in your system, then somebody's trying to get them out and use them for something that they shouldn't be. Yeah, I think that's a great example that you just shared of how somebody thought there was no issue at all. And 
with a little bit of your help, you showed them that there is an issue. And that's really what it comes down to. If you're not finding anything, it's because you're not looking, but they are there, right? They are there. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's great. Um, Okay, is there anything additional that you'd like to share about yourself or the work that you do? Or do you wanna turn the tables and ask me a question before we wrap it up? So I do. Uh, you and I've had a couple of conversations in the past. Um, and, you know, like you said, we come from different backgrounds. So uh, I think that um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because I do come from a different background, um, I have always leaned on the investigative process and how things um, kind of evolve for through an investigation and what's important, uh, what pieces are the best to, to make the puzzle work. Um, and uh, because I come from a law enforcement background, we lean very heavily on the investigative interview uh, when we finally get to someone and we, we want to do an interview with them. Um, and so that's that's really something that I try to, to teach when I go in and is is putting, you know, the the interview process becomes very important um, because obviously that's the that is the conversation you're having with someone who may be addicted or someone who is diverting. Um, you had mentioned uh, in a conversation away from this uh, video that uh, you had also noticed that it's it's important and and it was kind of a different perspective for you. Uh, can you tell me, you know, as far as uh, my look at it, is it being a pivotal piece? What are your thoughts on it, and, and why do you think it is? I think it is very pivotal. Pivotal. Um, I have seen things we get the data that supports there's probably something going on. And it can be even to the point where like, I am convinced, but obviously I haven't spoken to the person yet. So I we still need to do that piece of it just in case there's another reason. And I've seen it completely fall apart because the person that takes over the interview stage is not comfortable, doesn't think there's a problem, doesn't know what they're doing, and then you lose that opportunity and you've just now alerted that person that there's a problem, right? Um, so I think it's extremely important. I have conducted audits where it is quite clear from the data that there's a problem. And if you're fortunate, it doesn't take much then for the healthcare worker to say, yes, I have a problem. In fact, there have been times I know that at one institution that I went to, we were actually, I mean, finding them left and right, quite frankly. And they were taking their badges off and sliding them across the desk and getting up and walking out. And that was that. So you didn't really need to interview. But um, in other cases, I think it's extremely important. And it's an area that I wish I had your skill set in because I have not been completely at all really successful in getting admissions, I can see behavior that tells me that there's something going on, but they're not saying it. And um, so then you rely more on the data to back you up. And that's where then the institution has that decision to make because they didn't admit, you know, what are we gonna do with this and how strong is the data piece? So right. I think the interview piece of it is extremely important. Uh, yeah. I agree, I agree, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll have to do a whole interview series on just the interview process and like how we handle that. All right. Thank you so much for your time today, Russ. And we will definitely talk soon. Thank you for the opportunity.